This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. Monica, how are you doing? You know, I was just thinking I should do a vacation. I know there's a great place. There's a cabin up in the woods. Is it away from everything? It's away from everything. Um, I think there might be some dead cats in the basement, but other than that, it should be fine. Oh, that's kind of gross. It's it's kind of gross, but, you know, just don't go down there. You'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, this is part two of episode number 44 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Evil Dead. So if you're looking for part one, you're listening to the wrong file. If this is your first time listening to Cinema Fix, basically, this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part is a general spoiler-free discussion, and the second part, which you're listening to now, is the more in-depth analysis of the film, complete with spoilers. And it's designed to be listened to after you've heard part one. Again, this is part two, so if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now and go check out part one of our episode on Evil Dead. Uh, I'm not going to bother getting into the specifics of the the plot since this is part two. I'm just going to assume you've already seen the film and you know that it is an incredibly moving character study and drama about a young woman struggling with addiction Mm -hmm. and how uh, her her addiction affects the people around her and she often lashes out at them in, in terrible ways. Here's a clip. I um I I gave her a sedative, so she should be out for a couple of hours. We should have left Mia wanted to. Baby, please. Okay, let's not lose our heads, okay? If any luck, it'll stop raining in a couple hours, and we'll be able to cross the creek in the morning, and we'll take her to a hospital. Mia, put the gun down. Put the gun down, please. You are all going to die tonight. Okay, Monica, in part one of our discussion on Evil Dead, we both, I think, came away with with mixed to negative opinions of the movie. Fair to say. I want to talk some about the the drug element of the film, but before we get into that, I know you have some thoughts on the rape scene. Uh, And because we've talked about you know, gender issues and, and, and rape culture and stuff like that on the show before. I definitely want to get your thoughts on that first. Well, I thought it was interesting um, because I had the opportunity to sit down with um, many of the cast members and in roundtable interviews, and one of the things that I was sure to ask to the director was whose idea was to put that back into the movie. I understand that it was a very memorable part of the first one, but even 
I've read in a couple different places that Sam Raimi actually regretted that later on, that whole sequence of the tree rape. So it was, it was an unpleasant surprise. And then the audience that I was with was very rowdy, um, applauded it greatly and cheered it on, actually. See, that to me sounds more disturbing than the scene itself. I gotta be honest. I kind of like the tree rape in the original movie. It's just really weird. And yeah, it's kind of disturbing. But there's something about that scene that I kind of like. And I don't know if it's just the low budget aspect of it. The fact that it's so over the top. It's like, I can't believe they actually went there. You know, yeah. there, there's something about it that that I appreciate. The second time around, the remake... It's just, mm -hmm. I was bored, honestly. I thought that it was a rather boring take on something that had been, was actually, I thought, really effective in the, in the original. What my friend pointed out to me was that at least this time around, it doesn't look like she's enjoying it. I don't think that, I don't think the, it looked like she was enjoying it in the original. Okay. At least to my recollection. You're, you've seen it more recently. Yeah. Than I, so. it, there's a one, there's a point where she kind of just like sighs, like, uh, you know. Right. And then they also go for the titillation. So, of course, it rips open her blouse and. Yes. I remember. Well, see, that to me is why I think the original felt a, a little bit more disturbing. It was, a, it, honestly, it was a little bit more raw than the version. That we see here. I yeah. mean, in, in that, in the original, you actually see it rip open her blouse. You actually see it, you know, slowly spread her legs apart. Yeah. And there's a brief shot where you see penetration. Yes. And it's really kind of shocking. Well, in this one, there's still, it's assumed that's where it goes. <laughs> it's assumed, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it somehow seemed safer to me. It's just like, oh, we've got this slimy looking branch thing you know, crawling up her leg. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I didn't find, I didn't think there was anything exciting about it or, or really creative. The, the only interesting thing about that scene to me mm -hmm. was that that was the moment at which she becomes possessed. And, and the idea of this demon entering her, so to speak, you know, through her vagina and entering her sexually, and that's how it possesses her. I believe that's how Satan comes into women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and possesses them. At least from the old silent movies, that's how Satan gets it on. Really? I, I don't know. Maybe I haven't seen enough old horror films. Oh, it's mostly like Hexon or whatever. But see, that was interesting to me. And... I was hoping they would play around with that a little bit more. Mm. Like, like there's a, a scene later on when the other woman, mm -hmm. whose name I, I can't remember, when she's in the cellar yeah. with this uh, with the possessed Mia. Yeah. And Mia kind of just starts, like, kissing her thigh mm -hmm. and gradually moving up. And I was, and I was sort of thinking, okay, is there going to be some weird lesbian sexual encounter here that's going to result in the other girl becoming possessed mm -hmm. that way? And the film doesn't go that far. It kind of backs away. Yeah. 
But I, I was definitely trying to notice through the film, like, are there any other instances where sex is the way that the demon ultimately possesses people? Yeah. And unfortunately, there isn't. It seemed like a missed opportunity mm. to me to, to kind of make that a theme. I guess there was a little other disturbing moment when um, she was talking with her brother and she's trying to tell him, like, what happened. Like, it was this very bad thing. It's inside of me. And he kind of brushes her off like, no, what are you talking about? And that actually scared me a little bit more because it is sort of the rape denial. Like, no, don't be silly. It didn't disturb me much just because it was so bland. Uh, I mean, like the characters really aren't fleshed out. I don't really, I didn't really understand their brother-sister relationship. Yeah, I think they tried to establish too much backstory there. And then it just it's ended up you built the outside of this football field and then didn't bother to fill it in. Right. Like, like it just seemed like that stock horror trope of, OK, something horrible is going to happen to someone. Yep. And then they have to come back and no one will believe it. And, that, and that's just how the, this thing goes. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Honestly, everything leading up to and, and, and some things after the rape scene, like it was just all was pretty dull. Hmm to me and things started to get a little bit more interesting once other people started being possessed no it's it's really when stuff starts happening that the movie gets interesting like when they're trying when they're wasting too much time talking (laughs) right but but see it's interesting because the original film had a lot of just sort of sitting around at the beginning that's true and you you know but but there was something charming about it in a way yes or maybe we're just biased because it's a remake (laughs) maybe but but i mean like you you had the little moments where like ash is sitting with his girlfriend and pretending he's asleep yeah and he gives her the necklace or whatnot yeah yeah and just little cute moments like that that seem to give the characters personality and there's nothing like that here it's just kind of like oh by the way we're going to this cabin uh we're gonna get you off drugs and now people are getting possessed and that's it. It's just very, very bland stuff most of the time. Yeah. Well, the other really cool thing, sorry, I, I completely forgot this too. My no. mind also went blank, darn it. What's the fact that Fede said that he was told by the producer um, of the original that he needed to have that scene. In the original draft, he cut it out. You're talking about the rape the scene? The rape scene, the tree rape scene. Interesting. Because he, he felt like there wasn't a need for it. And then the guy said, no, you have to do this. People are going to be looking for this. And then, of course, you know, it was totally validated because in the big South By crowd and the Paramount, which is the biggest theater there, it happened to thunderous applause. Well, I mean, that's that's the issue when you're remaking anything is how close do we need to stick to the original? Like, if there is an iconic moment or scene that really sticks out in the original, do we need to have that in the remake. Yeah. And the film can never really decide to what extent it wants to be a remake and to what extent it wants to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other nods to the original film. Like, the chainsaw comes up at the end and there's, like, some lines from Evil Dead 2. Like, you know, we're, we're raping her soul in hell. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. So there are little nods, but... It's only later on in the, the, the second, and particularly the third act of the film, that it really starts to deviate mm-hmm. from the original. Yeah. Which, thank goodness, because then it gets interesting. The, the, the movie on the whole, they're just, it's like I said in part one, 
it just wasn't fun yeah. most of the time. It just seemed really sadistic. Mm. It's kind of like, oh, Painful. why, like, did you have to kill the dog? <laughs> you know, and, and like, it, it would have been one thing, like, I, the, like, I went to see the movie with my dad. That's where it went too far for you, huh? Is you killed the dog. <laughs> he killed the dog. Like, I went to see the film with my dad, and after the movie, he was like, you know, I expected when she went back into the hole at the end for there to be, like, the demonic dog yeah. <laughs> or something <laughs> that had come back from the dead. And I was thinking, okay, you know what? Like, in the 80s, if there had been a dog in the original Evil Dead, that is totally something Sam Raimi would have done. Yeah. He would have just been like, let's just go for it. Let's have a crazy possessed dog yes. show up. And it would have been amazing and, and fun. Yeah. But this movie doesn't want to take that risk. It doesn't want to push things too far. Mm. Like, say what you will about the original. Yeah, some of the effects are dated and there is this camp factor to it. When you first see that movie, you have no idea where it's going to go. Like there, there's this there's this feeling that there's a crazy man behind the camera mm-hmm. and and anything could happen. Like and and especially when you get into Evil Dead 2, mm-hmm. it's like suddenly the clock could stop. Suddenly the the mounted animal heads on the wall yeah. could start laughing. There'll just be these really weird things that you're not expecting. Um I remember one of the first things that happens in in that Evil Dead movie is the possessed witch lady. She grabs a pencil mm-hmm. and jams it into someone's Achilles tendon. Yes. And then, like, works it a little bit. <laughs> and you actually, like, see the bone and the attendant popping out. And it's and it, the effects are kind of dated, but it's still really gross. And it's still really kind of surprising. Yeah. Like, the whole feeling you get watching the original movie is, I can't believe they did that. And I can't believe they went there. Yeah. And you don't see things coming. Right. And there, there's none of that sense of surprise in this one. Like, yeah, the, the stuff is gross. Mm-hmm. But we've seen most of it before. We've seen people cut themselves in movies yeah. we've seen people shoot nail guns at other people and and hit each other and dismember themselves and each other yeah none of this stuff is new and they don't really do it in a particularly creative way mm-hmm. Wait, was there anything in this film that you enjoyed in terms of the gore actually the end of fight scene where it was raining blood and it had that right. weird demon showdown because I think uh, it lost its legs or something halfway through, or it could only crawl right. at one point, and that was fun. Because <laughs> then it was like it was all dirty, and it was a it was a real throwdown. Yeah, I liked the ending, and that you know, as the the further the film got mm-hmm. going, I felt like there was this sense of let's see how far we can push things. Yeah. Like when her arm gets trapped under the car, yeah, and she just has to like rip it out. Mm-hmm. It's so over the top, and there was a part of me that's like, oh, man, I can't believe they're doing that. Yep. And and so that was one of the few times where I felt like, oh, that's kind of capturing the spirit of the original. Yep. And then, like, when she finally takes the chainsaw and, like, jams it through the, the demon's head or whatever, yeah. and then when she's done, you can see, like, the face split in half on the ground and it's still blinking Mm -hmm. and kind of moving and it's just really weird i was like okay that was a nice little touch yeah there's i think there's a way to do gory haven't gotten the algorithm out yet but it's because it was gross and it was bloody but there was that sense 
of surprise there to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. There was that sense of, I can't believe they did that. And like the thing with the, the face at the end still blinking after it's been cut in half. It was yeah. kind of, it, it, you know, you could tell it's like they sat back and were like, oh, well, you know what would make this even cooler? Yeah. If it's still blinking. You know what would be really weird? Yeah. And so when, when, when you can tell that that was the mindset going into it, those moments are fun. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it just feels kind of sadistic. It feels like a Saw movie. You know, it feels like it's just blood for the sake of yeah. shocking people. Mm-hmm. I will say one of the other moments that I did kind of like was the, the tongue splitting. Oh, yeah, with the... With the razor blade. Just because that was really gross. And again, it seemed like the kind of the really surprising thing mm-hmm. that you that, that you might have seen in the original yeah if they could figure out how to separate the two tongues back in 1981 (laughs) let me ask you what did you think of the whole gender politics of this movie because the original evil dead is one of the few i guess you could say slasher-ish movies from the 80s that had a male protagonist and a male hero that ultimately survives Mm -hmm. and it's the one being being victimized and ultimately has to has to overcome that in this film they're setting it up to be that way, but then it turns into Mia's film, yeah. and she's the final girl. She's the one who has to survive. I actually thought that it. was a nice twist, because, you know, that poor kid then would have had to have lived the rest of his career as the guy who tried to be Bruce Campbell. Right. Yeah. Which no one can be Bruce Campbell. No, no one has that chin. Right. And the interesting thing about that was that I liked how they tied that back in to the addiction mm-hmm. thing. It almost made the movie feel like this is her story. This is about yeah. her overcoming this. her own demons, so to speak. I mean, the last thing, the the abomination or whatever the final demon is called, the last thing it says to her is, you know, like, you're just some pathetic junkie. Yeah. And then she says, no, I'm done with that. Yeah. And th- that's like her big moment. So I, I liked how they they did finally manage to make that addiction thing seem relevant Mm -hmm. like you could read the film as just a metaphor for her overcoming this problem if you wanted to yeah which is which is something i think the best horror films do Mm -hmm. is connect the horror that's happening to them to to something emotional or something that's happening in in their lives did that work for you at all yeah i like the parallels about her having to overcome the demon and i mean it works as well as just you know having a strong female protagonist i like that she's flawed too she's not like some sort of a unrealistic superwoman or just the girl that runs around screaming in fact she's the one doing the torture a lot of the time we're we're set up for most of the movie to believe that she needs to die she just she needs to go and right. then there's a twist to that she's act, you know, she's saved and she's actually good. And which is how most people feel about drug addicts most of the time. Uh. <laughs> They're not worth it. Just get rid of them. They're ruining the rest of us. So yeah, I mean, there were a few interesting moments like that. I think it'll be interesting to see in the inevitable sequel. Yeah, what they what they do with the a female Ash. Mm-hmm. So to speak. Well, you know, it'd just be a remake. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. A remake of a remake. We're getting there. Getting back to that whole idea of Ash and, and Bruce Campbell, he does have a cameo. He does. Stick around. After the credits. Guys. Except it's not really a cameo. It's not really a po- it's not really an additional scene. 
All he does, it's it's just Bruce Campbell on screen for a second, looking at the camera and saying "groovy." Yeah, which was one of his iconic lines from, I believe, Army of Darkness or Evil Dead Two. Yeah, and it really serves no purpose. Yep. except to satisfy fans. Hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, remember this? <laughs> right. Right. And I, th- I honestly feel like that's what most of the movie is a lot of the time. Like, hey, hey, there's a, there's a chainsaw. Remember that? Remember that? Oh, hey, someone got their arm chopped off. Remember that? Sure you don't remember the barn, right? Totally forgot about yep. the barn. Yeah. Or how about the best friend who dies last? Right. <laughs> oh, man. When Bruce Campbell came up in the credits, I was just like, why? Really? Why? This is the reason why the movie exists. All it did was make me want to go back and rewatch the Bruce Campbell movies. Actually. Because they were groovy. It's nothing but a nightmare that Bruce Campbell has. Oh, could be. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really interesting reading of the film there. Yeah. Well, that's how I would remake it. <laughs> More Bruce. Okay. Like, the, the, the other thing is, um, during the credits, yeah. They play the old recording from the original film yeah. of the doctor being like, oh, we found the book and we read it and now the, you know, yeah. the demons are coming for me. My wife is acting terrible. <laughs> All it did was make me think, man, that opening scene in this movie was totally unnecessary. Yeah. You know, like, there's no reason to start the movie off with that like i can see how they were trying to go for that campy tone like oh there's a demon and these people have to get rid of it's it it's not campy though so, some of the dialogue is bad enough that i think they were trying, trying to for? go for camp okay, maybe. maybe maybe but but yeah it's it's like the rest of the movie it cannot find that balance between being so a quote-unquote serious, serious yeah. scary film and being fun mm-hmm and it's kind of like, why was that necessary? The original didn't need that. It just needed the tape recorder. And that was fine. Yeah, I assume the audience is too dumb and don't have someone translate the pages who happens to be an amateur demonologist. Just have some <laughs> dumbass professor record everything he does and have him say it aloud to the audience. It, it, it's funny because uh, what, what's the character's name in this film? Eric, I think is his name. The, 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 hippie. the best friend guy the hippie guy guy. i've been reading so many reviews that say this film is as good if not better than the original and that's that's i don't even know what they're are you reading who who do i need to lose respect for i've been reading quite a few reviews that say that and the other thing that they say is that they're like oh there's not a lot of comedy in this movie but that eric character that hippie guy he he's the comic relief and i was sitting there in the film and i was like He's not funny. He's, it's not funny. There is no comic relief. He's panicking at all. most of the time. He's panicking and he's he's not making jokes. He's not witty. Is he funny because he's funny looking? I don't know. Is like there was also a shot that got a lot of laughs in my screening okay. where um it's it's when it's only he and the main guy David are left and they're fighting with possessed mia mm-hmm. and then she's hitting him with the crowbar or whatever and then after they deal with that he's just kind of like lying there in the background like covered in blood mm-hmm. and for some reason everyone in my audience laughed huh. <laughs> like oh look at that goofy guy he's so beat up oh poor him and i was like really what's i don't although understand. to be fair when that i mean because there is like the second to last guy 
and the original one, his best right. friend, who it got a little f- silly when he was just on the couch sitting nice to Bruce and was just like, <laughs> "You gotta keep going. You must tell our story," sort of thing. And but that was but that was fun, yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it was. What what element was just missing between that and the same guy just lying helpless on the floor? Maybe they just need to be propped up. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact... I think maybe the lower budget does give it this campier feel. Could be. And and it somehow makes everything funnier. And But the thing about the low budget, it's not just that the it's not quite as scary nowadays because mm-hmm. it's dated. Yeah. It's that you know they were, like, really trying. Yeah, that's usually what makes it so funny is that they're trying really hard. It's like you can tell they don't have a lot to work with, but they are just doing their best yeah. to make a horror masterpiece. And somehow that earnestness comes through mm-hmm. and makes it a horror masterpiece yeah. in a strange way. Like, the funniest thing about the remake is the demons mm. and some of the stuff that they say. Yeah. While they're possessed. Like, some of that stuff is funny. Like, um, when the girl in the kitchen is about to, like, chop her own arm off, and the demon's just like, no, don't do it! No, don't do it! No, don't do it! And just, I don't know, little moments like that kind of captured that zany energy of the first film. But the human characters, there was there was no comedy yeah. there. And I will say, one really good comedic beat that I thought was well thought out was the duct tape. And the fact that they just use duct tape to bandage all of their, like, really crazy, (laughs) intense The nurse is one of the first to go, so no one knows how to use a Band-Aid after that. (laughs) Like, that I could imagine being in, in, you know, a Sam Raimi low-budget horror film. Like, oh, we don't have any bandages. Here's some duct tape. Wait, you need the latex-free ones? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this doesn't have latex. Well, he, in the stories that he had on there, like you mentioned the Bruce Campbell's book. There was also um, once Bruce got his leg hurt, or I think he might have actually broken it, and Sam Raimi and the producer would actually poke him with sticks while he was running. <laughs> what? It's on IMDb. Why? It's, it's what do totally you mean? True. Just like to to mess around with him. Just to make, just to cause him pain. Yes. That's so evil. From the vine that brought you evil dead? No. Okay, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, I think we've said all we need to say about the film. So, real quickly, Monica, reboot this. If you had to pitch a prequel, sequel, or a remake to Evil Dead, what would it be? Evil Dead 2. Okay, but it, would it be directed <laughs> by Fede Alvarez? I feel bad for him, because there's almost no winning this. If he right. if he d- diverts too much, then he'll have the forever anger of the fan guys. And then if he keeps it too much, we're just like seeing it, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So really, you know, poor Feta just needs his own thing. I'm glad that he's, you know, out there and has his name out there. Maybe he could actually create something, and we could all be amazed. I mean, adapting material is harder than it looks, so I don't blame him <laughs> in, a, right. in a way. God knows enough directors botched the Harry Potter movies to to get there. Okay, if you had, I mean, I mean, if you had to make something, what would it be? If I had to make something, Evil Dead Two with a girl. Same girl. Um, that's gonna happen. It's gonna maybe, maybe not because they they did say in the interviews that. Um, because it's a different universe, it won't go the same trajectory as um, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. 
So here is where we might get that deviation from the canon, maybe. Okay. So you have no particular thoughts on how they should handle that? I'd like to see more fun put into it, that's for sure. Okay. Don't be, okay. don't be so sadistic. Be kind sometimes. If I had to see a prequel, sequel, or remake, I would either want a prequel where they show, like, the doctor or whatever, the, the, the first guy who was there. Yeah, the professor. Whose daughter got possessed. I would either want to see that where it's like, how did they even find the Book of the Dead? And, you know. Yeah, that should have been covered a while ago. Yeah, like. An origin story. I'm sure that's in, I'm sure someone has pitched that and that's in development somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, in Hollywood nowadays. I, I guess in theory I wouldn't, I would be okay with that. The other thing I might l- like to see is if Evil Dead 2, Feta Alvarez, same, same girl that survived this one, opening scene, she meets Ash. <laughs> and the two fight together. And it's Bruce Campbell and he's like, oh, did you read from the book? Oh, what happened? You survived. Come with me. <laughs> you know, and from there they go on some other adventure. Aw, that's kind of cute. That would cute. be nice. It would be like a reboot plus a sequel to Army of Darkness all in uh, one. Oh, yeah, because apparently those Evil Dead 4 rumors are swirling about. Right. And Raimi did his own there. He's the one that talked about it because someone kept, at, lots of people kept asking him, especially now with the reboot. So he said, yeah, we're, we're talking about it. Hmm. Imagine that. Even though there's this remake out, people still want to return to the old one. I, wa- I wonder why. Dude, you will never find another chin like Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Jay Leno as Ash. Not even close. <laughs> He'd ruin it. Oh, man. Also, side note, I did look it up. So Bruce Campbell twisted his ankle on a root while running down a steep hill. And Sam Raimi and Robert G. Tappert, I think that's the producer, and that's the guy who also said, nah, you should keep the tree rape scene. (laughs) (laughs) They decided to tease him by poking his injury with sticks, thus causing Campbell to have an obvious limp in some scenes. (laughs) Such a bro, like, set, obviously. It was effective, though. Of course he's going to be limping. He's been beat up. <laughs> Method acting. Say what you will. I mean, in those movies, Ash gets the crap beat out of him. And those demons in the original one, they will not die. Yeah. Like when uh, when the blonde girl in this new one, she gets both of her arms mm-hmm. chopped off. And that, I guess, due to somehow dismemberment kills them. So somehow that's enough to kill her. Yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding you gotta me. you got to go until the head's off. Yeah. Yes, like in the original Evil Dead, that would not be enough. She would be running at you. She would be doing whatever she could just to kill you. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for part two of our discussion on Evil Dead here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing something. Probably 42. We'll see. Maybe. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you like this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. Don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find my stuff on Twitter at mcastimovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my stuff reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofca.com. 
You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com, including all my upcoming coverage of the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival and the River Run International Film Festival. You can also follow me on Twitter at WriterAndrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!